Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome everyone and happy holidays to all of our Jewish friends. Happy Hanukkah. I know that starts tonight, so uh, best wishes to you. Special shout out to my dear friend, Yoshiko Dart. Happy holidays to you. Everyone hears me say this on every show. Why? Because she is the wife of the great disability rights leader, Justin Dart, who we lost several years ago, but who we will not forget. Yoshiko, I know right now what you're doing. You're saying, hello, Joyce. I know you are. So happy holidays to you and to my sponsor, lead sponsor, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. What a great company they are. And they have been our sponsor for several years with AudioI and Covestro. They are the lead sponsor. Thank you, David Holmberg, for all you do. And, hey, to all my listeners in Ireland, I don't know what's going on there. But whatever it is, I so appreciate everything you're doing. You keep bringing up quality of life to everyone with disabilities. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have to tell you that on my way in today, so excited. So excited about my guest. I love this man. I love him. And he is, can you believe this? He is my pastor. Now, I've said this to him a million times. Now, Pastor Scott, I get to say this again. He is my pastor. And he is one of my favorite people. He is also, by the way, an obsessed Pittsburgh Pirate fans as I my picture of Roberto Clemente. This is something we have in common. Here's a little trivia. He was in Sports Illustrated, which he can tell you about that later on in the show. And he is from Munhall. Yeah. What did you ask for? And he is from Munhall. Um, but I wanted to start uh, Pastor Scott Stevens, I am so honored to have you on this show. You much know how much I love you. I know we have people listening nationally and in other countries. So I thought maybe you could start by telling our listeners, you know, there are many people of faith, many people, Christians, but not everyone says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a pastor. I'm going to go in the ministry. So my question is, what made you decide to do that? Well, uh, good afternoon, Joyce. Um, hey, I just I need to say this. The love goes back to you. I, um, I love you so much. You know I love your passion, your tenacity for what you do. You're, I'm just one of your, your biggest fans. And I do mean this, like, for the last five years of being the lead pastor here at Northway, I have intentionally never did TV or radio or anything like that, I sort of, I never want to become some kind of a personality. I'd much rather just sort of pastor behind the scenes. But you asked, so um, you are my first and only time I've ever been on um, the radio and something like that, and it's because of you. It's because of my respect that I have for you and what you do. So my entrance into pastoring or into ministry was I was a 16, 17-year-old kid that did not know God. I was um, 
coming out of a pretty abusive home situation. Parents were divorcing after many, many years of separation, and I was a young man that was full of anger and rage and um, was invited to a youth group meeting at a church, and I went um, because there was a girl there that I sort of thought was cute, and um, it was there that my life was sort of turned upside down, that a couple, a young couple, invested in me, saw a lot of that anger and saw a lot of that rage, um, you know, really took me into their home a bit, um, cared for me, and for, through them, just I saw the hope in their marriage. I saw the hope in their lives, and it was centered in in Jesus, and I wanted some of that. Um, so that's what started my sort of faith journey. But then after and through college and after college, I always thought I'd volunteer because I just wanted to give back. I always thought I'd be a youth group volunteer or go on camps with kids. And um, it was just, you know, I did it started doing it sort of as a volunteer, then it became a part-time thing, then it became a full-time thing, and eventually um, moved from student ministry into adult ministry, and here I am now, lead pastor of a, of a church in Pittsburgh. Wow. <clears throat> Are we lucky you liked that girl? <laughs> I ended up marrying her. How about that, huh? Oh, that's even better. You mean when yeah. you went to that? That's why, are you kidding me? Here's a little bit of trivia. I never knew. That is a great story. Yeah, um, that's how well, and I met. And there you go. Now you have this beautiful family. Who knew mm-hmm. at that time? Isn't that the truth? Well, as sure. I said earlier... You know, I always tell people, hey, I am a Pittsburgher, okay? Yeah. And, and you know, and although I have many of said senators and uh, NFL stars and CEOs throughout the year, in December, I always have Pittsburgh organizations that not only give back, but we can give too. So yeah. I'm always telling my, hey, I'm a Pittsburgher. I know Primanis. I know Pierogas. <laughs> I am a Pittsburgher. I love Pittsburgh. And I view you as a hardcore Pittsburgher, Pastor Scott. Um, and you know what? I was thinking when I decided these questions I wanted to ask you. Everywhere you live and grow up, you know, it has an impact on you in some mm-hmm. way. And I was wondering... Uh, if you could just share with everyone where you grew up, like you know the size of the area, and what, what do you what what impact do you think it had on you? That's a great question. I grew up in the in the Homestead sort of Munhall area, and for those of you who are not from around Pittsburgh, that was at one time in the 40s, um, 50s, a booming steel town. Um, a lot of work, a lot of industry. Uh, a lot of middle-class folk um, just working hard in the mills, and then it collapsed in, in the 70s. So I was a kid, you, you know, watching it sort of collapse all, all around me, and I stayed in that town. Um, so that, that's the, the, the background I think I come from, and I think where it's helped me. It's just sort of that, that work ethic, that hard-working sort of, another word that I always think about Pittsburgh, I think of authentic I love Pittsburghers because it's sort of like a what you see is what you get. They like folks that work hard and that are real, um, don't put on any facades or images. So, yeah, I think um, 
Yeah, that's that's my Pittsburgh. I I I do love this town. I've always talked about that in ministry or people say what are what are your key sort of things? I'll say, well, one, Pittsburgh. I, I love this town. I don't see myself doing ministry anywhere else other than here. Um, I love the local church. I don't see myself working in something other than a local church. And I love young um, emerging leaders. And I love developing and working with with young people. And I think a lot of that you know ties back to my time. Growing up. Wow. Well, I do too. Um, and you mentioned lead pastor. Lead pastor at Northway yeah. Christian Community Church, uh, a great church in Pittsburgh. And I thought, you know, could you talk about that a little bit? Um, and also, even how how you got started, well, I know it was with just a handful of people. And we can talk Mm -hmm. about that after break if we don't have enough time. Because first, I want you to talk about Northway. I don't think people have any idea how large this church is. Um, And even, you know, not Presbyterian, not Methodist. I mean, could you talk about that? Yeah, non-denominational church that has five locations currently. We're going to be opening our sixth location on the first weekend in February. Probably, you know, 3,500, 4,000 people on any given weekend, you know, Easter, Christmas Eve, weekends like that. We'll have well over 6,000. And it's an amazing story. It's not my story. I've been just blessed to, to sort of come in behind the man that started it, Dr. Jay Passivant, you know, eight couples started a church in a basement um, 36, 37 years ago with a vision to try to create a church that would be different, um, a church that would not get hung up in religion, but would rather focus on relationship with one another and relationship with Christ and, you know, grew this little thing from 50 to 100 to a thousand. Um, so five years ago, Jay decided to want to get out of the day to day and uh, transition the church to a new leader. So they chose me after an internal and external search. Jay's still around. He's still our founding pastor. He still preaches from time to time. He's still, you know, offices. Still, still a guy that I can go knock on the door whenever I've got an issue. But uh, yeah, I took over. I think it's been a little over five years now. I moved into this role. Some of those churches that you mentioned are in areas that are not the wealthiest area, right. such as Dormont. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, I think that's great. Like, how many, how many people do we have right now? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned where we are. We don't tend to go like where there's affluence. Um, we try to look to places where our people already are. So the people that are attending one of the North Lake locations are driving from somewhere to, to get to one of our spots so we can sort of pinpoint where they're at. And then we try to look for a population of maybe 100 or 200 or 300 Northway folks that are living in another community. Then we start looking for property and, 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 you know, and then decide whether or not through a lot of prayer, whether that's where we want to put the next location. So up in the Beaver Valley area is where the sixth one is, and we discovered that over 200 people were driving from Beaver County down to 
either our Wexford location or Sewickley or our Dormont location, so we decided to to go up there um, to launch the next to launch the next one. Beaver Valley, very familiar with since I graduated from Geneva College. However, I still have to drive there. I can't help. I have to go to the main Northway. And (laughs) before we go to break... Um, okay. I, I just want to I just want to mention to all of our listeners, it's hard to reach out and help people that are uh, disenfranchised, just need help dealing with substance abuse, whatever it is, without revenues, just like with any mm-hmm. not for profit. So I'm going to ask all of you, dig down deep. Remember that Starbucks that you just have to have. Take that same amount of money. And make a donation to Northway. And how do you do that, Pastor Scott? Yeah, you can go to our website, northway.org. Northway.org. Tell everyone. Yep. With that, we're going to go to break. Then we'll be back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Scott Stevens. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at one 866 472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. And we are talking today to Pastor Scott Stevens, who is the lead pastor for Northway Christian Community Church. Is that Northway, northway.org? I'm sorry, what did you say? What is the website? Yeah, if, you just, if you just Google Northway Christian Community Church, it's the it'll pop up. But uh, northway.com, northway.org will get you there. Oh, and you've got to go. You've got, you've got to see this. This uh, If you are in this area 
And if there's any way you can go for these Christmas Eve services, they are unbelievable. Let me say, just go to the website and you'll know when all the services are. Which brings me to my question. Pastor Scott, did you light that candle in your office? (laughs) (laughs) I do it every year. Yes, a little silly candle, a little electro, electrical candle I light in my window when the Christmas season starts, and then at the last Christmas Eve service, I turn it off on my way out the door. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm all about tradition, remember? That's I'm funny that you remember So I that. love that you do that. I did yeah. want to go back. I did want to go back to one thing you talked about a little bit, which to me is the most unbelievable story could you talk a little bit about that small group of people that, you know, that small group of people that started all of this? Yeah. So Pastor Jay Passivant and his wife, they had um, wanted to start something different in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh is a real, um, has so many strong mainline uh, traditional churches, you know, beautiful Catholic churches, Presbyterian, Methodist, just wonderful churches doing great things. But Jay wanted to do something different, and, and back 30-some years ago, there really wasn't much different in Pittsburgh. Everything was sort of mainline, and he, um, he got together with a group of friends that he had met over the years, some his age, some older, and they started praying about doing something um, unique um, in Pittsburgh, a non-denominational churches. Non-denominational has been around for a while, but 35, 38 years ago, there, was, there wasn't any in Pittsburgh. Um, so... He set out to, to do something. He was never dreamed that it would be something like this. He just thought it would be a, a place that he could bring his friends to that, that, tip, that, that at that time were not attending church or that um, you know, just were not connecting with the more mainline traditional churches. So he said he was pastoring at churches that his friends would not come to. So he decided he wanted to try to create something different, and that's how, that's how Northway was, was birthed. So those eight started inviting friends. They rented a little room in a restaurant, um, grew from there. They rented a, a church that was sort of um, out of business, and then they built, uh, the, 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 they built the property in Wexford where the original, original land campus or original location is today. Wonderful, really wonderful. I, what I just wanted to say is, you know how this handful of people really changed so much. Such an inspirational story. But then, you know, it was a handful of people that changed the world and brought us yes. to this uh, holiday we celebrate. When you think about that, that's amazing. It really is amazing. Uh, but you know what, Pastor Scott, when I was talking to someone about you and your uh, what you do, someone said, oh, what's that mean? Like, you mean he just teaches or preaches every uh-huh. Sunday? And I said, yeah. no, it's a little more involved than he preaches every Sunday. So um, could you explain to everyone what, what does it mean? Especially, yeah. you never know. There could be right. young people listening that want to go into the mystery ministry. Could you explain what does that mean? 
Yep. One of my main responsibilities is to oversee what gets taught. So I don't teach every weekend, but I oversee a team of teachers and myself that, that do all the preaching. So that's clearly one of the roles that most people would think of. We have 120 staff across, you know, soon to be six locations. So I think one of my other key areas is just to develop leaders, to train leaders. So I work closely with the pastors that oversee each location. I work closely with the children's and students and family, you know, directors. Again, just trying to develop them to be to be better leaders. And then, I don't know. For me personally, I just never want to get too far away from the pastoring part of the job. So I still do. A lot of weddings. I still do a lot of hospital visits. I still do a lot of marriage counseling and just the stuff that you know. I think it's the the most beautiful part of being a pastor, um, and then the most challenging is that you're often thrust into the into the most difficult um, times in people's life and also the, some of their greatest celebrations. So you get to stand with couples and do their weddings and visit them in hospital rooms where they had the birth of their first baby, and then you also need to be at the hospitals um, visiting folks that are that are not well. You have to be at funerals and memorials. You have to be there when the marriage is, is breaking down. Um, so I, I, I don't know how a lot of lead pastors in large churches do, but for me, I always want to make sure that I keep myself um, in the role of pastor along with just this massive role of, of developing leaders. Oh, that is awesome. You know, I didn't get to share this with our listeners yet. <clears throat> so you know this, under Pastor Scott's leadership, there are sign language interpreters at our 11 o'clock service, the main service. So if you know members from the deaf community, I just want you to know we do have sign language interpreters and as Pastor Scott mentioned, counseling services, uh, you know, people with anxiety disorders, whatever. But I just want you to know that Pastor Scott is very committed to the disability community. And I think a big sign of that is just the sign language interpreters. It's amazing how few churches have that. Um, and Pastor Scott you know, as a member of the disability community, we really appreciate that. Uh, well, Joyce, that's because you, in your tenacious way, um, you know, challenged me, and I listen to people like you. One of the things that Joyce has done is sort of walked around our different locations at times. We're going to have to have you up to Beaver Valley as we're wrapping that up, um, and just has us identify things that sometimes maybe we wouldn't think of when it comes to Folks with disabilities. So, Joyce, thank you. Your, um, you know, your press in that area has been a real healthy thing for us. Oh, you know, we're in this together. Um, and before yeah. speaking of being in it together, go to the website, go on Google Northway Christian Community. You can make a donation. Yeah, this is the holiday season. Really, I told someone the other day, come on. You can't, you know, spend a little money. I, I have to tell you a little story, and that is that I'll, at our Bender holiday party, we have a 50-50, and the money is for Variety, the children's charity, to purchase a bike <clears throat> for children with uh, significant disabilities that need an accessible 
bike. So here we go. Wow, it came to $1,000. And who wins? One of my former employees, Justin Hucko, who has a great job at Highmark and is a person living with Down syndrome. So as soon as he won this, I said, oh, come on, take a picture, hold up the money. Oh, this is so great. This is so great. I was trying to, okay, go, go enjoy this because I had a feeling of what was going to happen because, believe it or not, he won this two years ago. He did the same thing. Joyce, oh, I, want wow. to donate, I want to donate this all back. Oh, I, I want to donate my part back. And I'll say, why? 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 Because I want to give also. And I just told this story this morning at a breakfast here in Pittsburgh with these two executives. Why is it the people that have the least donate the most? So if you're listening right now, that's what I mean. Take time. Make a donation to Northway and help us help more people with what we do. I know we're probably, I know this is going to be a difficult topic for you because I know how much, how hard this was for you. Yeah. We lost this great pastor, Pastor Freedom. And he also, to me, was a civil rights leader. Um, Mentioned by, you know, during the Clinton campaign, mentioned by President Clinton about his work in civil rights. Um, But what I'm wondering, could you talk about him for a little bit? But I was thinking about this. You know, what is Northway going to do to keep all of that going, you know, to keep that outreach going? Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, freedom was a, is a, you know just such a blessing to this to this church. And I know that sounds like even sometimes like a phony or fake word, such a blessing. But my goodness, this man! Um, I, I always some people will say freedom was an inner city um, church developer, and uh, he was working in Homewood, one of the most difficult places in all of Pittsburgh to work. And we, uh, he and I met, and, and, and I was, you know, we were talking about coming, him coming on to our team and onto our staff and helping us do some things along the lines of diversity and racial reconciliation and some of the campuses that we have, the locations that we have in the city. And, and I know some people were saying to me, like, well, hey, Scott, you know, I think, you know, you, it's such a big risk for Northway to bring on someone like Freedom. And I thought to myself, no, the, the risk is Freedom's. Like for him to come on with us, he's the one taking the risk, and he um, he accepted that risk, knowing that he was going to come into something that was very different um, from any background that he'd worked in before, um, to submit himself to leadership, and and when he when he came on board, we just struck up just an incredible friendship. I mean, that's what it was built on. He could say anything he wanted to me, I could say anything that out of my ignorance to him, and and we would work through it together. So our work in Homewood continues. Um, his wife, uh, Dina, is still leading the House of Mana church effort there, and we're still supporting and resourcing and come alongside her just like we were with Pastor Freedom. I mean, Freedom taught me one thing. It's like, well, he taught me lots of things, but one thing that sticks out is that you should always have people in your life, relationships in your life, where there's nothing in it for you. Meaning that you you there's no network or there's no you know development or leadership or something in it for you 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 just you, it just needs to be a relationship that you're just in it with someone just because that's what you're supposed to do 
And I've always um, tried to tried to maintain that, just to continue to work with people out on the edges, um, plow through the difficult, uh, whatever they are, ethnic, social, economic um, differences, and and just build friendships. So, yeah, I just met with his wife a week or two ago. We get together continually, and um, it's hard. I, it's one of those ones where you know, Mother Teresa always said that when she gets to heaven, God has a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> And um, that's one that I need some explanation on from God someday. This young man with kids doing something in an area that I don't know that anybody else can pull it off and uh, taken from us from from cancer. So, uh, yeah, I'm still, I still wrestle with it. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone, and we are talking to Pastor Scott Stevens, who is the lead pastor at Northway Christian Community Church. And we were talking about uh, Pastor Freedom before the break. He passed away from cancer. When was that, Pastor Scott? How long ago was that? It was the end of August a year ago, so it's been a little over a year and a half, year and five months. And it has, I know, been hard for all of you. It was hard for me. It was, he was, to me, just the example of Christian civil rights. Do you know what I mean? He just was a great, so I have to say it. I have to say it, Pastor Scott. This is the day that the Lord has made. (laughs) We will rejoice and be glad in it. And if you're wondering why I said that. Isn't that how he started all of his uh, messages? Every single sermon, yeah. And now when I see, I'm not kidding you, I'll see people taking my tickets at the airport or at 
the uh, American Airlines Club, and they'll have a big smile on their face. They'll say, it's a good day. I'll say, no, this is the day that the Lord has me. I'll I'll never forget that about him. Never. Uh, I mean, just such a great man. Uh, But we're going to keep his work going. So that's the best way to remember someone. Well, Pastor Scott, I know this is uh, a question that, sadly, I'm hearing from so many people, including young people, including when I go overseas, saying to me, What's going on in the United States? What I could not believe is when someone in Indonesia said to Mary and I, Mary, my chief operating officer, is it safe in the is it safe to go to the United States? I thought, oh, never did I think I would hear this. Is it safe to go to the United States? So obviously, you know, we have division and violence. And my question to you is, have you ever seen it to this degree? Um, and you know, do you have any wisdom or comments you can make about it? Yeah, I mean, certainly, I don't. I don't think in my lifetime. Um, you know, I, I remember growing up with a lot of racial tension in our school district, you know, the black versus white. Um, so I, I think I sensed some of it as a, as a teenager. Um, always wondered what in the world um, that we were fighting over. But now it just seems like it's grown from a teenage thing to, a, to an adult thing. So I, I don't think in, in my time I've, I've seen anything like the division and the violence. I... Um, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a super history buff. I'm a, I'm a huge Abraham Lincoln fan, though, so I tend to read and listen to as much about him as I as I can. And, and there's, you know, clearly at his time and when his leadership, there certainly was this type of division and this type of violence. Um, so it's not unprecedented, I don't think, in our in our country. Uh, I don't know which was worse, or obviously that led to a civil war. So, um, but yeah, it's. It's 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 sad, um, but it certainly leaves a lot of opportunity for uh, for in my case for Christians to to step up and and do what Jesus um, would do. Yeah, which is all about love and forgiveness. And I'll tell yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you it is hard. A friend of it mine, Cong- Congressman Tony Coelho, the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, who lived he's seventy three now, so he lived through what you're mm-hmm. talking about, and he said to me, you know, Joyce, I really thought we had put a lid on bigotry. I mean, there's yeah. always going to be racism, but I right. thought we at least had a lid on it. And he almost cried when he said this to me, lid off. And you know what? That is such a scary thing. But this is why, you know, what would I do if I didn't have my faith? I mean, you have to have faith because Mm -hmm. this is so, um, other than being an example to other people, which I think is so important, you know, of your faith, the only other thing I know to do is pray. That's it. Yep. I I don't disagree. I think you have to be a living, breathing example of reconciliation constantly. And that's racially, socially, economically, husband, wife, child, you know. Right. But then, yeah, pray. Well, Northway, something I love about Northway is that you do work on some of these uh, issues, some of these civil rights issues. And 
just one of them. There are so many. Uh, I'll start with one, but then, you know, you can also share others. But I know that at Northway, uh, you do work on trafficking. And I don't know, you probably know this. Did you hear Mike Tomlin, who is the, uh, for all of you that just love the Steelers, and I know everyone listening loves the Pittsburgh Steelers, but our coach, Mike Tomlin, did you hear him talk about this trafficking, Pastor Scott? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. And And here he is. His wife is involved, so, you know, he has made a commitment um, to work in this area, but it is terrible throughout the world. Throughout, and here it is right in the United States. But could you talk about what you do at Northway? Yeah, I mean, and here it is right in Pittsburgh, too, which I just think it, that when I first, you know, was, and I was ignorant to a lot of that, and when folks from our church that were involved educated me, it was just startling um, that, that human trafficking, whether for sex or for work, um, happens right here in this town. And um, I think maybe just to backpedal it a, a minute, years ago we really tried to narrow our mission focus rather than just trying to do, you know, there's there's plenty of needs out there. There's always going to be needs. But as a church, you've got to try to determine maybe what your focus is going to be. And we decided years ago that ours would be um, aimed at orphaned, abandoned, and at-risk children. So we really tried to focus down what we do globally around um, orphanage work and things like that, and then even locally trying to to aim at, at children. Um, and and it was just so shocking to see that that children are being trafficked um, in and around this community. So yeah, a, a group. This is grassroots. People, group of people from Northway started to partner with other organizations, um, both faith-based and non-faith-based in the city. And now we sit on a, we sit like at a, at a really, at a strong table with the FBI and others. And we, we typically step in and help um, these kids when they're coming out of, of trafficked, um, when they're, when they're sort of rescued. Um, and we just help them with everything from clothing to education to safe places to stay, to helping them get reunited with family. Um, but it's, you know, some of it's super, super confidential and, you know, with the FBI involved and whatnot, we, you know, it's one of our ministries that is like beautiful and behind the scenes that we don't really get to talk about a whole lot. Um, but yeah, and then we do work with, you know, Light of Life um, in in town, but again, typically focused on the on the the, the parents that have kids that are homeless. Um, so all of our focus, we try to uh, we try to move back into the into the children. We do a massive mentoring program in Homewood that that Pastor Freedom was very involved in, called Lamp. That partners um, folks with a with a child in the Homewood community and just mentors them, helps them with their schoolwork, takes them out, um, really makes them, helps them be part of their family and gives them a, just a strong adult role model. So all of our ministries, we do a lot with adoption and uh, fostering, and uh, we just did a massive conference at our church called Imagine, and uh, it was 600 or so people, but all focused around these areas about what's maybe the next step to love someone in these one of these areas of orphaned, abandoned, at-risk, trafficked, uh, Mentoring-type uh, ministries. It's one of the things I'm most proud of this church. Um, and again, it's something like I think we're known for our 
maybe, I don't know, our big sanctuaries and our sermons and our worship or whatnot, but we do this this kind of stuff, and I think that's the kingdom impact stuff. I think that's the real important stuff. I think that's the stuff that gets at the real heart of God is is helping um, a kid. So, yeah, really proud of our church in that area. You know, I am friends with uh, Kevin Bales, who is in England and ended up uh, starting Free the Slaves. And mm. his story is amazing because one day, what does he see? A book, a pamphlet in England on a table, and it was about this human trafficking. And he said, you know, I want to get involved. This is why I have a saying, one man, one decision. Now, because of yeah. him, he wrote all these books. The first book, uh, Disposable People, just so heart-wrenching and profound. Uh, but what shocked me the most is when he said to me, oh, yeah, you have all these, uh, you know, almost, if you want to call it, indentured servants, slaves, right in the United States working. Yeah. <clears throat> then I see on the news, we have it right here in Pittsburgh, and yep. I think, you know, how terrible, how terrible is that? And I'm really proud, Pastor Scott, that Northway's doing something about this. I'm yeah, really proud of that. I mean, yeah. that's, really, that's really a wonderful, wonderful thing that we're doing. And that brings me to... See why we need help to make a change? You can make a donation today to Northway Christian Community Church. Just go to Google, look them up, go to the website, and make a donation today. Um, So, Pastor Scott, we also have that great event at Helen Faison School. You left out our truck or treat. Yeah, how about that? That's, <laughs> that's your favorite thing. I did leave that out. Yes, that's you part left of our that lamp. Out. That's part of our our lamp mentoring program in in Homewood. Yeah, and it's Homewood's an area that's very unsafe to trick or treat at night. So what we do is partner with a local school um, right in the in the neighborhood, and we bring Halloween to them. So we bring all of our games and toys and inflatables. And then at the heart of that night is um, is trunk or treating. So people from our church drive their cars down there, loaded with candy. They decorate their cars. They they dress up, and then the kids um, get to walk through the parking lots and and actually trick or treat. So I think I thought I saw the final number was seventeen hundred or something this year. I'm, kids I'm and ta- families I'm that, ta- that were there. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, you know, if you're in Pittsburgh. You got to get involved with this because we had tons and tons of candy, and pretty soon I'm saying, "Holy cow!" I mean, so many people. You know what really gets me? We give out other little things in addition to candy, and one is a pencil with some like, you know, uh, Charlie Brown or something like that on it. And if if I would do that in my neighborhood, I guarantee there were kids that would say, "What are you doing giving me a pencil?" <laughs> I give this pencil to these kids. Can I choose which one I want? Oh, this is so great. And I mean, I have no words to tell you. Like, there were so many, and it's so wonderful. When you have these kids come up to you as if it's a door to a house and say, trick or treat, I mean, just, oh. Yeah, it just really gets to you. It really does. Well, Pastor Scott, wow, you've already... You've accomplished so much in your life already, Mm. but if you had 
to choose your greatest accomplishment, what would that be? Mm. I think, um, you know, personally, and then maybe I'll, I'll answer that ministry-wise. Personally, it just it's my marriage. Um, you know, my, my, my father's been married and divorced four times. Um, you know, I just come from a lot of brokenness in our family. So my wife and I just celebrated 30 years. Um, you know, again, she was the one that, that, I, that I ended up going to that youth group meeting to try to um, talk to. And um, she's been a rock in, in my life. And uh, so just our marriage, our, our two daughters, I think those are always going to be my, uh, hopefully my, my biggest accomplishments is just being a good dad, hopefully being a good husband. Um, Ministry-wise, I mean, I have always loved working with younger leaders. It used to be kids and students, middle school, high school. As I've gotten older, it moved into college and young adults and young staff people. But I think my biggest accomplishment has just been the maybe the the, the grace of God allowing me to maybe speak into a young person's life um, at a time where they were discerning a call to ministry and to be able to speak um, encouragement and provide them maybe some, some training and some opportunity to lead. And that now I can look and across the country and literally across the world that there are kids that I've had an opportunity to maybe just speak into briefly, some of them for long periods of time that are now doing far greater things than I've ever done um, in, in different countries and in different spots in this world, both church work, nonprofit work, just incredible work. So just to, you know, to run into a kid, like I always look forward to Christmas time because of people that have moved away from Pittsburgh or whatever that maybe I had a long relationship with them, you know, they're back home visiting friends um, for the holidays and just to be able to see them um, and hear what they're doing, it just gives me a real sense of, of purpose. And Pastor Scott, well, you know, that is no surprise to me you said this. Um, have you seen an increase in young people attending churches? You know, I don't think so. Um, I think that the, I'd, I'd sum up a lot of younger people right now, I'd say there's a lot of young people out there that I feel like they've they've given up on church, but not necessarily on God. And, um, you know, those are, the, those are the ones that I really feel like at Northway that I, if I'd have to say, like, who is my target? Uh, who am I really trying to go after? It's those folks that, you know, they still believe in, in God, but they've whatever been disheartened, hurt, wounded, um, bored uh, by the church. And, uh, man, I just, those are the ones I really have a heart for to go after them and see if we can't help them um, get connected, um, find places to lead, to serve, to, to make a difference. Like you said, in those ministries like Drunk or Treating or like LAMP or in our mission uh, world, the, the, I would say that the young people that are in the church I sense a deeper passion than I probably ever have in the last 20, 30 years that I've been doing ministry. So the young people that are here, they are serious about it. They're not playing church. Um, they they want to make a difference. They want something that's relevant for their friends. They want people that they can trust. Um, so I'm excited about the, the passion of our, of our young people, but I don't know that I sadly would say that there's more of them involved right now. I don't know that there's less, but there's... Um, but the ones that are here are really excited. Now, do we at Northway, do you have a way to reach out to the schools, you know, to the high schools and mid-level schools, you know, to try to 
invite people or get people yeah. to our church? Yeah, it really depends on the school. Like, it depends on the school board. It depends sometimes even on the principal, whether they're open to, you know, churches uh, either tutoring or mentoring or even promoting something that we're doing. So I won't name names, but one of our campuses, one of our, our church locations is in an area that is so, like, friendly towards church. Um, and, like, they allow us to promote um, things by putting postcards in the kids' backpacks, you know, about different outreach things or different events that our youth ministries might be doing. And then some of them um, are not, you know, and, and, and they're really pretty resistant to the church. And I mean, I get it. They've probably been burned by a church doing some foolish or, um, you know, something they weren't supposed to in a, in a school. So our our people that work with the young people, what's part of their role is to try to build relationships with the, with the folks at the school and see if there's not some way that we can help them. I mean, that's what we always try to look at. We're not here to, you know, get your kids into our ministry. We're here to help, um, you know, the church. We, we've got a we've got a, a location in Oakland. It's a you know, it's part of an urban area, and they've adopted a church in the Hill District, a very difficult um, neighborhood in Pittsburgh. So we provide backpacks for all the kids. We're making sure that each kid's got a warm coat. Um, so that particular location at Northway is providing like 250 coats for for kids. This um, have bought toys for kids that you know, didn't have for Christmas. So we'd like to, you know, we we, we want to be involved in a school like that where um, that we're seen as like a real friend to the school. Um, so yeah, we. We certainly make every effort we can, but I can't tell you that it's always super open. Oh, well, let's hope that changes, especially with yep. this opioid crisis. Oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. It yeah. is so terrible uh, in this country. But, okay, Pastor Scott, I want to tell you this before I ask you to leave with a message, and that is that you have been a huge impact on my life in a very good way. Thank you. I am yeah. I am the chair of the Pastor Scott Stevens PR club. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I was am a fan the club. chair. I'm the chair of the board. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you, Pastor Scott, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? You know, I, I think if I could go two routes. One, if you are um, Maybe one of those folks that have given up on church, and uh, but not on God. Find a good church. Um, commit to it. You know, not just for one weekend or from time to time. Commit to it. Find a place to to serve. Find a place to dig in and grow and learn and and see. You know, find a, find a church that that fits who you are. And um, I mean, as Pittsburgh's loaded with so many good churches. Like I always tell people when they come to Northway, like, hey, if we're not quite the church for you, please come to me and talk to me, and I can recommend four or five um, or more other really great ones in the area. So find the church that that connects to you and, and get involved and, and see if there's not something there for you that might be missing if you're trying to do the God thing without a church. Um, for Christians out there, so so for folks that are, that are believers that maybe are, are in a church, man, I just would really encourage you to find a place where there are a bunch of maybe non-believers, and go be real um, with them. Don't go in there and try to convert somebody or evangelize somebody. Just go in there and build 
real authentic relationships. Let people maybe come to you eventually and ask, you know, like, hey, what is going on? What is different in your life? What is different in your world? And, you know, for me, it's always been the gym. I I love hanging out in gyms. And um, I never go into a gym and announce that I'm a pastor and say, you know, start passing out cards and come to my church. I just go in there and authentically try to love people, not with any kind of ulterior motive, just to do what exactly what I think Jesus would do. Um, just care for people where they're at. And eventually, usually they'll ask me, or a crisis will happen in their life, and they'll know, you know, that I'm a pastor, or they'll know that I'm a believer, and they'll they'll come to me. I just don't think that there's enough of that in, in the Christian world. I think we tend to want to stay in our sort of church-protected bubbles. And I also say get out there where people think differently than you and, and vote differently than you and believe differently than you and learn from one another. Um, yeah, so I, I'm an advocate. I mean, you know, Joyce, you've been around Northway for a while. I'm always talking about that I want Northway to be a, a church that, you know, is known for loving people where we live, work, and play. And um, that's that means that, that believers need to get out into the world and come out of their little bubbles and, and their little um, you know self-righteous or hypocritical worlds and, and get out there and mix it up with people um, and, and love them. So it's the most exciting part about my job is not standing on a platform and preaching or doing church stuff. The most exciting part of my job is loving people in these places where I like to hang out and then helping them sort of understand the love of God. Amen to all that. You know, I just want to say, when people say to me, I I hear it frequently, I don't want to go to church. You know why? Because I can't stand the people. And someone said to me, you know what? I'll tell you about these people. If I had to grade them, I'd give them an F for their their spiritual walk. I said, really? I'll bet you wouldn't give Jesus an F. That's right. I That's bet you right. wouldn't give him that low grade. So, you know, you're looking maybe the wrong way. Um, and with that, as you know, we end every show with a quote. So today it just has to be, love your neighbor as yourself, said mm-hmm. a very, very famous man and God, Jesus. With that, yeah. I'll talk to you next week, Pastor Scott. Thank you again. And if you're in the Pittsburgh area, make sure you go to Northway Christian Community Church, especially over the holiday season. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.